We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric Trickle and Lance Sanderson. Ball comes out of the hands of Newton. It's on the ground, picked up by T.J. Ward at the four-yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again. On Overtime Media. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Dove Valley Deep Divers. My name is Scott Kennedy. I go by Scout Kennedy on various social accounts because Scout Kennedy is a lot more available than Scott Kennedy. It's a fairly common name. I'm sitting in for Lance, who is on assignment this evening, and I will be sitting with my friend Eric Trickle sitting over here, the Mile High Huddle senior draft analyst and crazy person. I can say that with affection. <laughs> uh, you got to be a little crazy to do what we do. So I uh, appreciate y'all coming in on a chilly Friday night. And Eric, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing good. Um, been sick the last few days, so if I suddenly, you know, cut out or mute or something and it's because I've had a sneeze or a cough or something. <laughs> Terrible head cold that I have. Just, you know, just in time for the holiday, right? Like, worst time to get sick. And if I happen to cut out completely, we are also dealing with a little bit of a windstorm. So that might knock our power out. So, yeah, it was, we were close. You know, Eric's in Alaska. You want to talk about being coast to coast? Eric's in Alaska. I'm in Atlanta. He said it was 12 degrees in Alaska. I had 13 just now in Atlanta. I'm like, I, I was telling my wife as we were coming back, I said, I said, I'm doing the show with Eric tonight. We might be colder in Atlanta than Alaska in December. She's like, there's no way. I'm like, it's close. 13's cold no matter where you are, man. That's that's chilly. So I hope y'all are staying warm out there. Let's say hello to some folks that were coming in in the chat early and, and, and often. Dylan Von Arks, Mile High Huddle contributor and moderator extraordinaire, does so much good work for us helping this uh, chat run smoothly on YouTube. He says, uh, what's up Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in share on all your platforms. Yeah. If you saw us on Twitter or whatnot, hit a retweet and hit that like button. That always helps us out too. And if you haven't already subscribed or liked your Facebook channel or subscribed on YouTube or not, please do. It helps you, uh, get the alerts when we are going to go live. Um, because sometimes it changes up every so often. So appreciate you Dylan. Mike S coming in with his Bama proud there. He says, what's up Broncos country? Merry Christmas, happy holidays to Eric, Lance, Scott, and Dylan, and Broncos country. That's us, and that's all y'all, too. Uh, and Jay comes in. How you, how you doing, Jay? Jay comes in with a comment. He says, Hackett must not um, know for sure if he's back. Otherwise, if he knew he's back, he probably would be playing non-starters. Russell sure wouldn't be playing. So the topic of tonight, Eric, at least on the, at least for a minute until we decide to talk about something else, <laughs> 
the topic for tonight was uh, why this is Nathaniel Hackett's most important game. I've got a question for you. Why? Why is this Nathaniel Hackett's most important game? And do you think a decision's already been made, or do you think it's still up in the air? Well, for a while, I thought a decision has been made, but I've been watching with how the media have been handling, you know, Hackett's potentially fire, um, potentially getting fired. And it's been kind of this roller coaster with how the media has handled it of like, he's for sure gone at the end of the season to now it's there. There's starting to slip out those excuses of why he could be back. He's given up play calling and now the offense is starting to do well injuries like injuries has been, that's has been a, so that's a reason for him to go Eric. Yeah, I, I agree there, but that's, that's just the hey, media. We hired him to be a head coach and be an offensive genius. His <laughs> offense sucks and your team's four and 10. Well, we should keep him then. Yeah. And as for this being the most important game, I guess it'd be, you know, trying to chain wins together. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, it, you beat the Arizona Cardinals who aren't a good team. Yes. It's the Los Angeles Rams together, but you'll hear coaches talk about often. You have to chain wins. You have to chain successful games together and, this is an important one of how can Hackett handle, you know, going in against the Super Bowl champions who, again, they're terrible. <laughs> and can he win? Can he win back to back games? Relatively speaking, compared to that other NFC West team that you just faced, this Rams are actually a good team. The Arizona Cardinals were horrendous. They're yeah. they're the worst team in, in the NFL right now. And, and, to, and for me, by some stretch, um, just because they're, they're not only losing, they just aren't playing They're, I mean, they're, they're waving guys, so they don't have to pay, you know, so for, for draft purposes, they're benching their three other defensive backs. You're going, you know, the, this team has mailed it in, uh, they won't call it tanking. You'll get in trouble for that. But you know, when you incentivize people to lose, guess what? Once they start losing, they're going to keep, they're going to keep doing it. Um, it, it just helps them. So Getting back into the chat, Eric, uh, Mark Linda Moody comes in. He says, howdy, Eric Scott in Broncos country. Dom Jaramillo coming in also. So good evening, Eric Scott in Broncos country. That's all y'all. Merry Christmas, uh, Broncos country. David checking in as well. Uh, and uh, uh, Let me see. I'm not a person. That Isai, Rico, that's a, a, a fairly unique first name. So uh, Isai, I think that might be close. Had minus 13. Interested where you are from, for sure. <laughs> Shiloh Heesh coming in says, hope the whole country is staying warm. Go Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, be safe. Be safe out there. Watch for the black ice. It doesn't, uh, you know, one slip. Watch out for everybody else. That's the problem with uh, with that. And Mark says it's 35 degrees in Savannah. That's cold. Uh, down in Savannah means it's probably a little cold and humid, too, which is super cold. So, um but Shiloh, appreciate you coming in blue. Great picture of the shepherd. I love it. You go shepherd, you'll never go back. So getting back to uh, to Nathaniel Hackett and Stringland, like you said, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, he gave up play calling duties and things are going better. Well, again, I can't, every time we start talking about Nathaniel Hackett, I cannot help thinking about the bobs in office space. What exactly do you do here? <laughs> you know, if you were... Calling, you know, he's brought in. You wanted an offensive coach, you got one. You thought you got one. Offense got worse. Gives up play calling, and all of a sudden you're saying the offense got better. Man, okay, what do we, 
what do you do here then? You know, like I said, you're, you, I get the injuries. I do. But there's been so many times where he just seems so out of his depth. It's not just the injuries. It's the incompetence on there that I think I, – I just feel like – if you're making a decision, a $50 million decision, and then some, because it's the what you'd pay him off and then bring in a new guy, based on beating the Cardinals and Rams and looking good against the Chiefs and the Chargers, man, you've already, you've already, your ship's already sailed. You know, you, you've lost the plot. Jump the shark. Whatever you want to say about it. A decision like this, for me, it's already been made. It has yeah. to have already been made one way or another. It's already been made. Yeah, and with this is like, I mean, on multiple weeks, I've hounded on just about everybody with the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett, like, there's no defending him. He's looked just as incompetent. The decisions he has made with the coaching staff out of, you know, insecurity and all these other issues that he has, you just can't bring him back. But I'm starting to wonder with things that have been going around in the, you know, the rumor mill, I guess, would be one way to put it, is, is this Broncos job actually attractive? You have new owners, which, hey, they, they have a lot of money behind them. That That's pretty attractive there. But you're stuck with Russell Wilson, at least for 2023, mm -hmm. because despite, you know, the possibility of Denver cutting him after this year with a post June first cut, it's not going to happen. No. Like it's just, it's just not. The, that wouldn't help you. That, that wouldn't yeah. help you. That cut your available, that cut your salary cap in half. If yeah. you were to cut Russell Wilson, you'd have to start cutting other players just to get under the salary cap. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, I mean, you, you could do it with the post-June first cut, oh, just cutting two guys. Million, that would You would have back-to-back -back highest ever. So forty yeah. million, a forty million dead cap is the is the record, and that's this year for Matt Ryan. That was the record. Yeah. If you cut him post, you've got fifty fifty. Yeah, it's it's back to back fifties. Man, that ain't happening. You are so no, much more not. likely just he's only got a twenty two dollar a twenty two dollar 
$22 million dead cap hit next year, you are so much more likely to stuff him on a non-injured list. Uh, yeah. You know, a non-injury list somewhere or something. Come up with an excuse. Oh, my back's hurting. I pulled a hamstring. Whatever. I'm having migraines. I've got depression. Something where he's still getting his pay, but he's you're, he's not on the team anymore. That's, and, that's what you're much more likely to do. And you have limited draft capital for 2023, which granted you're going to be able to get more coming in in 2024. And then you also have George Payton. And I know that there's a lot of Broncos country that absolutely loves George Payton, essentially worships the ground he walks on. But, I mean, he is the dude who he hired Hackett. He is the dude who gave, who started the contract and essentially got the contract extension done with Wilson before ever seeing him out there on the field. And I know this has been a debate about when the contract happened. They started talking during the during the meetings, the March meetings last year after Wilson was traded. That's when they started. And they made it clear afterwards that they essentially had the deal done when the new ownership came in. And the new ownership essentially kicked up the guaranteed a couple a little bit and got the deal finished. Like that was hack that or that was Peyton's extension essentially using going off of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, Eric, I love the narrative like, well, you know, that remember now that extension didn't happen until after the ownership came in. That's because you're not going to commit $250 million yeah. when you're for sale. That, yeah. That's that's logical. Of course, it couldn't have happened until the new ownership came in and they greenlit that deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what ownerships are good for. So, yeah, I, I agree. This is this is uh, a George Payton thing. Now, you know, starting to talk about some of the excuses and, you know, oh, if the, you know, you know, because I've talked myself into it at times. You know, when did this team, when did this offense actually look the best? Well, really, the only time they were somewhat healthy for a quarter and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they were moving the ball up and down the field and a couple of fumbles did them in or else they win that game by two touchdowns. The Seattle Seahawks team wasn't bad. They're, they're not nearly as bad as we thought they were. They ended up being a nice, solid, mediocre team, um, which is, you know, pretty average. It's, it's pretty common in the NFL these days, especially in the NFC. You're like, okay, well, let's get those guys healthy again. Um, but again, I, I also feel like, you know, knowing when I'm watching these press conferences, I feel, I, I, I feel for the guy. I like, I want this guy to succeed. I really do. So, you know what? I'm going to put some information out there, even though I know he's gone that, Hey, he was dealt a bad hand. He has some incredible bad luck. Uh, and just try and send him out on a positive, you know, Hey, it's not you, it's me. Uh, you know, as we break up with him, as far as the, 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 the job being that attractive, you might not be able to get your top two candidates, but after that 50 million guaranteed to be an NFL head coach, you can have just about your, your choice of any newcomer who would want to come in. And then, you know, maybe if you're, you're looking at a retread, you might be in line, like what jobs are going to be open. You might not, if you're going head to head with the LA chargers, you might be in trouble, Eric. Yeah. You might be, you might be second choice, but how many Thousands of people are in football and I have to get second choice out of all those people. Okay. Well, I should be able to get a good candidate. You'd think, right? Yeah, Michael Rancio coming. He says, good evening, Eric and Scott on the Dove Dally Deep Divers. Hello. Jeffrey as well. Jeffrey Ariano coming in. So Scott, can we get you some Broncos gear? There's a clearance here in Colorado. I bet not for the cold weather stuff right now. <laughs> when I want to look Denver Broncos, I just grab some of my Auburn gear. 
burnt orange and navy blue looks pretty good that's a that's a pretty good color combination eric <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then with hackett too like as you were saying that you you kind of you feel bad for him because he's been dealt a, a rough hand a little bit and part of that is i mean it's been well known through you know let's not say the quiet part out loud here the tampering word but peyton made clear through aaron with aaron Rodgers and russell wilson he got the okay on on Nathaniel Hackett from both of them, depending on what the decision was there. That's well known. It's been reported on. And surprisingly, you know, NFL's looking the other way for it. Is I'm curious about, because we all know how much this offense is built with Russell Wilson's input. Part of me is a little curious what Hackett's offense could look like just in its own, not having the Russell Wilson input, just being Hackett's offense. Would it be as bad as we see, or is the the muddling up of it with Russell Wilson, is that also playing, giving an issue as to why this offense has looked so bad? It's hard well, to say for sure either way. And part of it, again, to me, either answer is a condemnation of Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Okay? Either your offense isn't any good, or you didn't have the balls to stand up to your quarterback or you didn't have the backing from your general manager to do it, in which case you're in trouble anyway. Either, you know, as a general manager, if I empowered the quarterback over the head coach, you're useless to me as a head coach. You just were proven that. You didn't have the authority to do anything. I didn't trust you. We removed you as a... And then if if you can't stand up to your quarterback because of any deals you made to help sign him or whatnot or convince him for the trade... Again, there is there is no good answer for Nathaniel Hackett on this, Eric. That's there the isn't no, other than injuries. Yeah, yep. frankly, you know, these guys weren't playing that good when everybody was healthy. You know, not that then, everybody has been, but again, so going back to you know the title of the show, why is this his most important game? Is it because it you know on the resume you finish fairly well and it helps you in interviews with your next job? I just, I just, I, there's some talk in here, you know, that he could be back. I just, I don't, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I won't be completely it's, shocked if he does. Not like the, the the talk last year really irritated me with Vic Fangio. You know, oh, it's week 17. This team's been in the dumpster and they quit in week six. Can Hackett's or can Fangio save his job with a win over the Chiefs? No, this guy's been fired since Halloween. Man. That's how I felt on Halloween this year about Hackett. But to be fair, I kind of also felt the same way about Jerry Judy in the fifth-year extension around <laughs> Halloween. And now I'm kind of like, you know what? As expensive as receivers are, Eric, I'd probably offer him that uh, – not offer him. I would take that fifth-year extension right now, maybe put him on the trading block and see what I can get for him, or, you know, have a – you know, a, he'd be a middle-of-the-road price receiver at $13, $14 million dollars. Uh, it wouldn't be a, a a bad deal the way he's playing right now. So things can change. I just don't know that they've changed enough. Oh, you you almost you played really well, but still lost at home to the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, great. And you beat the worst team in football. Mm, okay, you're not hell. You're not you're not convincing me, Eric. Yeah, I definitely agree. And with Hackett, I mean. It's just, as we'd mentioned earlier in the show, is that things started to turn around. And it wasn't immediate after he gave up the play calling. It took a little bit. 
And the best the offense has looked like since he gave it up was against the worst team in the NFL against the Arizona Cardinals, a team that when I went back and watched the game and I mean, it's been a conversation, have the Broncos quit on Hackett. They haven't. But when I watched the Cardinals, they've definitely quit on Cliff Kingsbury. They have quit on Vance Joseph on the defensive side of the ball. They have just completely quit on the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. That also is part of why I view them as the worst team in the NFL. So with Hackett, it's again, it's, this is an important game because it's for it's more so for what's next. I think that this is a team you got Russell Wilson. The expectations were so high and they were so high because they put the on themselves and this is what it have been. And every step of the way has essentially has just been a step of incompetence from Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, from poor coaching decisions in games, poor clock management, poor roster decisions, like every single step of the way there has been, just a complete incomprehensible mismanagement from Hackett as the yeah. The, the big ones that start getting me are Russell Wilson is choosing the center because yeah, he can't. I'm like that. Whew, that one, every time I hear that, I'm like, that just can't be true. Can it, you know, then mama Mootsie comes in here and starts throwing some darts. You know, they're choosing guys based on pay instead of based mm -hmm. on how they're playing in practice. Well, you know what? I can believe that based on what I've seen to a certain extent. Marcus Lewis Hanna comes in from across the pond. Thank you for the stars, Marcus. Appreciate the support of the show. He said, why would you want to cut Wilson when he has shown he is not washed? Sorry, it doesn't make sense. Because there's some people that would disagree with that. He's shown that he is not washed. He hasn't played all that well. Um, again, if you could get out from his contract at with no cost, and even at $22 million, you would. Yeah. You you would, uh, you you but you can't. You're you're married to Russell Wilson at least next year, and then the year after that, you're looking at a big cap hit. Um, but we're not we're not talking. You can't cut him next year. So we're talking about maybe mothballing him. But at the very least, you need to bring in some legitimate competition um, back there and just not say no. This is you know he's Plan A, B, C, and D. And if not, then we're going to go with a, a future offensive coordinator and Brett Rippin, who you know God bless Brett Rippin. He he did the game plan and played within himself against an yeah. awful football team. But I, I just don't feel he's a long-term uh, no. starter in this league. So Marcus, we're not talking about cutting him, but he's not as bad as he's shown at times. But for me, Eric, it's almost the power dynamic is what has to change first, doesn't it? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, the power dynamic, I mean, that was an issue going back to Seattle. I mean, that's a big reason why he wanted out. 
was the whole power dynamic, the direction of the offense, wanting his guys in the building. All these things that are issues in Denver were starting to be issues in Seattle and led to him wanting out. And the biggest thing for me with Russell Wilson is he's not absolute garbage of a quarterback. Even though sometimes when I talk about him, I make him seem that way. He's not. But he's not worth $250 million over five years. No way. Well, even the guaranteed, if you were to say like yeah. 150 over four, uh, which is you know what it what it ends up being. It's 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 an overpay, and then the draft capital that it costs you to get it. The whole thing just feels like a bad deal, yeah. which he's just not exacerbates your feelings about how he's playing. He's played okay. He's had some decent games where you know I could go through the list of reasons why the Broncos lost, and it would take me a while to get to the quarterback. Okay, well that's not on Russ. Um, but he is the, the quarterback gets too much credit when they win and too much blame when they lose. And when you're mm-hmm. a new guy and the highest paid and big contracts and all that kind of stuff, and you force your trade, you're going to get all the attention positively yeah. or negatively. And it's been mostly negative this year. And on that note is when he's been playing his best, it's been slightly better than game manager level. And that for me, that's not worth 20 plus million on an average per year basis. That's like that 10 to 15 average per year million basis at a high level game manager, which is about where you would argue. I could argue Russell Wilson is. So it's just, it's a matter of the pay. It's a matter of all the other stuff off field. The some stuff that I can't get into because of reasons, but all these other issues is that it just is like, I'm glad we went after him. I'm glad we got him because I was a, I was big for going after a quarterback. You got to keep swinging until you hit at the quarterback position. It hasn't worked out. He's not worth what he's paid. He's not worth the headache. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is things were so hunky-dory. I, I even said at one point this summer, just like, remember, watching the circus around Aaron Rodgers, isn't it nice that everything is so positive at Broncos camp? Well, that didn't last long, did it? And you expect, okay, you lose the first game, okay, so be it. You should have won it, but then it didn't get better is the problem. You know what does get better for me, though, is Phil McLaughlin coming in here with some big boy stars uh, on Facebook. He says, good evening, Eric and Deacon Scott. Sorry, it's 58 right now. Hey, you don't have to apologize to me. I'd rather have it be 15 than 70 on Christmas Day, personally. I, My wife's from Orlando, and I like to say when I go to uh, – when I get in the car and I burn my hands on the steering wheel on Christmas Day, I'm pissed off. I want to be cold. It doesn't feel like Christmas if I uh if it's 70 for me, but he says it's 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 nice out there and I'm I'm happy for you. Uh but Merry Christmas to all and happy holidays, however you may celebrate. But Phil says, I'm thinking that because Hackett hasn't been fired by now, he's going to be here next year. No, for me, Phil, it was if he didn't get canned after the Raiders game, he was gonna be here till the end of the year. And it really didn't have anything to do with the it, – it, it would have been interesting to see if they had lost the Jaguars game if he had been left in London. And at one point in that Panthers game, my God, uh, I was like, I'm going to – I think I text Nick. I'm like, you know, I'm three and a half hours from from Carolina, from Charlotte. I'm like, I'm going to have to go pick up Nathaniel Hackett and give him a ride to the airport. <laughs> um, then they came back, and, you know, that game was, was pretty competitive. Um, but uh, – for me, Phil, it was once he survived losing again to Josh McDaniels and, and the Raiders, 
he was safe for the rest of the season, unless something catastrophic happened. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. For me, it was one thing I've always said <clears throat> is that it's hard to fire a coach in season unless they are losing the locker room. Mm-hmm. And Hackett's not losing the locker room. Like mm-hmm. the players aren't turning on him. So it was always going to be hard to fire him from that standpoint for the locker room aspect of it. <laughs> They're not turning also... on him, Eric, because he's not asking anything of them. <laughs> <laughs> that that's I'm not disagreeing with it's not that. Not like he's pushing them too hard or he's in a real a-hole to them. He's, it's not like nice he's holding them accountable either. My job and I don't have to work very hard. He's not holding them accountable. Like it's very easy for them, so they're not going to turn on him. But it's also a thing of who do you really have to look at him on the interim? I don't think they were ever going to look at Evero as the interim. If they were going to fire Hackett, it was always going to be um, the name totally escapes me. uh, Dom Capers. Mm -hmm. That's who they were going to look at as the interim head coach. That's that's that was the only option. And it's just thing of may as well roll it with roll finish out with Hackett. Instead of you know making this slight change of how business goes about during the week with Dom Capers, here's a good question I like. Eric's uh, I think gonna have a throat clear, which is fine. So I'm gonna take the time to read this from String Guy. But he says Eric's got an MHH. Do you believe George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett could fix the problems if they are given another season? Um, yes, at least I think so with George Payton. I'm not as confident with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, I think there needs to be an attitude adjustment along with the player personnel. Now, for me, a upgrade on the interior offensive line wouldn't be all that hard to do. You've set the bar so incredibly low, one. Two, you'll have draft picks and uh, free agency money in order to go and address the offensive, li- the interior offensive line. And three, those positions aren't that expensive. So I don't need, it's like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have this number three, number four, whatever overall pick it ends up being? It it would, but the easiest place for me to improve this team would be garden center, Eric. And those are cheap positions. And if I got competence out of garden center, then I can start addressing some of the other concerns I might have with this team, including the wide receiver health. Okay, I'm down to Jerry Judy. I thought we were going to have Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Uh, only having one tight end who's a rookie. He's a baby out there, and he turned into my best receiver. Um, do I need another tight end? Uh, can uh, Fleming hold down the right tackle spot for an entire season? Or do I need to spend some actual resources, my first-round draft pick, some big money there? But the interior, the center position and left guard has been so bad this year. And then, frankly, Miners has only played about two-thirds of the, of the games that – the interior line has been so bad, it's really hard for me to diagnose what else is wrong when I'm getting whipped right up the gut. And that shouldn't be that hard to improve, Eric. Yeah, and on Quinn Miners, I know, you know, the whole belly thing, but when he's been out there on the field, it's not like he's been playing great either. Like, he hasn't been as bad as Dalton Reisner or when Glam Glasgow was at guard. Graham Glasgow, outside a couple games, I mean, he was bad this last one um, with – and with his pass protection um, at center position. But I mean, Quinn Miners has struggled and it's where he struggled. He's supposed to be this excellent mauler in the run game and he struggled there. So you got to go and you got to solidify the interior offensive line. You got to get yourself a left guard and you got to get yourself a solid starting center. Mm -hmm. And 
there are options out there on the free agent market. Denver has projected about $22 million in cap space. Well, a big hit of that is going to go towards Draymond Jones. Either they franchise tag him or they extend him. That's going to be a big part of that. So they don't have a lot of it also depends on restructuring because you're going to look at about a 1.3 million raise on the salary cap for Patrick Tatan from the PPEs for the rookie contracts. A couple other guys are going to be getting PPEs as well. Raises you get a decent chunk back from Graham Glasgow. You get about 11 yeah. or 12 back on him. That's a solid, that's a solid chunk. Of and damage. Ronald and Ronald Darby. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can, you can add There's to it 10. as well. Yep. You can add to it as well. And so you have the room to work with. And so it's just got to be a thing of going out there and doing it. And we have, we'll have a super chat in here that we'll get to in a minute. I did an article on this is one thing that has really bothered me with George Payton since he came in. And this was an issue with Elway. I hate targeting players with a severe injury history because they're cheaper. And that is something that George Payton did. That is something that John Elway did drives me nuts. Now injuries can happen at any time. But when you go out there and you give three years, $30 million to a guy who has only played one season, one full season, every game of a season, once out of seven years in the NFL, that's an issue. And on the interior offensive line, that's something else that you got to, you know, you got to right. keep careful with doing that. I've said I want six new linemen in uh, yeah. in camp. I want six free agents and I want six, uh, three of each. I want, give me three draft picks, three free agents to come in and compete. And uh, you know, who's always competing for us is Gary Palmer, Gary coming in. He's been on YouTube a lot lately and, and throwing down like a boss supporting the show, all the shows coming in tonight on a Friday night for Dub Valley deep divers. Uh, Gary party with us at the, at the meet and greet. And it was great to meet him and great to have you in here. He says, Merry Christmas, Eric and Scott. That's us. And Broncos country. That's y'all. So happy holidays, everybody. Brian Rhodes comes in. I think he feels and this is part of it, Eric. And I'll let me let me hit on this point because for me, the takeaway from the last game, the big one, he says, if they aren't moving on from Hackett, that would really be a bad call. I mean, really bad. Okay. I think Brian speaks for a lot of Broncos country. And you know what else spoke for a lot of Broncos country for me was the big takeaway from the game wasn't Brett Rippon, wasn't Latavius Murray, wasn't the running game, wasn't all those things. It was nearly 20,000 no-shows, Eric. That was yeah. the big takeaway I got. And if I'm the Walton Penner group and I'm sitting up in my big suite and I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these empty seats, I say something's got to change. And it's got to change in a big way. We cannot do this again. We cannot. Um, you know, it's and again, there's they're not losing any money. People, people talk about that. It, it, there's no losing money in the NFL. I'm, it just doesn't work that way. When they talk about losing money, it's like, oh, we only made 1.2 billion this year. We made 1.3 billion this last year, so we lost a hundred million dollars, and our franchise only went up from 4.8 to 5.2 million billion. So we only gained 400 million instead of the 500 we projected. So we lost 200 million dollars. That's how owners do math. And unfortunately, the press carries their water and they they make you sound like it. This isn't a money thing, but it is a perception thing. You know, it, you buy into this because you want to be part of a club. You want to be part of a group and you don't want to be embarrassed when your team is embarrassing. And you go out and see people and, you know, there's 20,000 empty seats. A lot of Broncos country feels the same way. 
Brian does. And as Jamie says, whatever happens, I truly believe the decision has already been made. The Rams have shut down. That's not a barometer game. Exactly. You know, oh, we, we, we won on a fluke game. We beat the Chiefs after they already had the second seat locked up in the playoffs. And they sat 20 of their 22 starters. Who cares, man? It's just, again, you're not on a week-to-week basis at this point, Eric. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. No, you're not. And the one of the point you were just making about it is there's no way you can sell Nathaniel Hackett to the to the to the fans. You can't. Mm-hmm. And this game showed at the twenty thousand no shows like there's no way you can sell it. Teams have given or the fans are have given up on Hackett, and there's no there's no recouping that. I mean, maybe if you stick with him, you know, you get out to a five five and zero start. Maybe then fans start to buy into it a little bit, but that's a lot of what ifs, and that's not a what if that the you know the new owners can afford. Jeff Noyce coming in, he says this team needs continuity, and right now Jeff, it's got it. Uh, is this six straight losing seasons? Continuity is there. And this one is the worst, maybe the worst of the bunch. Something needs to change this year. Again, the fans won't stand for this again next year. Uh, I really don't think, and again, there's not, it doesn't need to be huge changes, but if you missed on your coaching hire, and frankly, most signs make it look like you did, then the worst thing you can do is do it another year and fall another year behind. That would be the worst thing you could do. You don't have to tear everything all up. There's still a good core of players here. You don't have to burn it all down. Like I said, I think a couple players here and there and an attitude adjustment, and this team should be close to what we thought it was going to be coming into the season. Uh, Montana Altitude coming in. That feels like a newer name. So probably, you know, we talk about cold here. You know, teens are pretty regular in Montana this time of year. Uh, welcome in. Appreciate you coming in, Yella, with the super chat. So thank you very much. He says, hi, Scott and Eric. Are there any young, uninjured centers available? Always thought the position was an anchor for the OL. Eric, appreciated your research on signing injured players. Yeah, that was that was a great piece of uh, investigative journalism on that one, Eric. Um, young, uninjured centers. I haven't looked into the free agent market too much. Um, typically, you can go a little lighter on uh, on your center. So it's like the guys, it's like, man, he's a really good player, but he's only 290 pounds instead of 320. And he's smart. Okay, well, let's make him a center. Um, so... I don't know the free agent market. You won't be the only ones out there competing, but you can get a center. You can get a rookie center uh, in the draft. You know, Kansas City did it. And, you know, we saw Creed Humphrey down at the Senior Bowl. It's not like it was a big shock that he was good. I mean, nobody expected him to be this good. But that doesn't mean you can't get better. Like I said, the bar, number one for me is the bar has been set so low that you can improve, incrementally improve. With uh, with a center now, you might want to go for a veteran here, uh, Eric. Have you seen any that you that have interested you? I know one that's been interesting was was Elton Jenkins 
uh, is off the market. I know that was a, a big one that was like, huh, eh, that's one we're keeping an eye on. And, and he, he signed a big re-up with the Packers today. Um, as far as the young aspect of it, not really. Most of the guys are a little bit older. They're either on the wrong side of 30 or about hitting there. Ethan Pochick, I mean, it's a guy that Wilson has experience with in Seattle, but he's six foot six and he's a big reason supposedly why Wilson has been adverse to, well, how do I put this? He was the excuse given as to why Wilson was so adverse to throwing the middle of the field there in Seattle was because having to see over a six foot six center was so difficult for him. So can't imagine that happening if, unless they, you know, rein in Russell Wilson's input. The guy that I that I wouldn't mind, Austin Blythe or Blythe from Seattle, I think that he's been having a really good season for them, exceeding expectations a lot there. And then uh, Matt Skura from the Rams. I think that he's not seeing a lot of time on the field this year. I think it's because he's a backup in the first place, but I think he's ready to step up into a starter position. I really like what I've seen out of him when I dug into him a little bit this season. There will be options and they're not yeah. overly expensive. And again, the bar has been set low um, yes. that you should be able to, it shouldn't be that hard to improve the offensive line because it's been bad. What's been good for us is RD coming in from Canada, uh, coming in orange. Thank you so much. She says, Merry Christmas. And thanks for helping us make it through this season. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for helping us make it through this thing. Like I said, if it's uh, if y'all aren't here, it's just me and Eric. And, and Eric doesn't want to talk to me. So he wants to talk to y'all. So I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you y'all coming in here and throwing down the supers. It's been a great night and holiday season already for everybody coming in uh, and supporting the show. Uh, I appreciate it. And, and, you know, we were getting back to the revenue talk. And, and Mark says 20,000 people not buying $10 beers and $10 hot dogs equals a lot of lost revenue for somebody. It does. Um, but again, when you're, you know, I can do the math on that, you know, top back of the napkin math. And you're talking about 20,000 people, even if they spent $20 a piece, you're talking $400,000, eight home games comes out to about 3.2 million, I think, uh, of lost revenue. I mean, that's that's a rounding error for an NFL team. I mean, it's not what's going to make or break this team. And, and it's not what's going to make or break someone that just paid $5 billion, billion dollars for for this franchise. So again, they make their money off a $2 billion a year uh, investment split across 32 teams with the NFL taking their chunk, going to Roger Goodell, et cetera, from Google paying to just play the other games. That doesn't even get into the broadcast rights from the various things. So they're making their big money off, off of TV. I mean, yes, it is a nice revenue source at the games, especially that they gouge us as fans knowing that they're making, knowing that they can. So with all this money coming in from other sources, wouldn't it be nice if they lowered the ticket prices and encourage people to not stay home and watch on all these other things? But that's a whole different pod, Eric. So so what you're saying is you'd like to see the new owners roll back the ticket prices? I don't know. I um, One of the things, y'all know I'm a pretty big uh, international football fan, big soccer fan, and um, it's still a people's sport out there. And they will riot if the, the game times aren't good. Uh, the tickets, I said, there's two things that I kind of make fun of my, my England friends on, and it's, it's travel and ticket prices. 
you know, it's like $50 for a, you know, a, a match day, or, you know, if they're playing in a, in a cup final, which is a tournament final. And it's like, man, I can't believe it's $80. I'm like, it's like $8,000 to go to a college game. Um, so, but yeah. And, and here's a question. String guy comes in for you, Eric. If no first round all, offensive line talent is left when we draft, uh, do you try and trade back or take best player available? Um, very rarely will you not hear me advocate for trading back. It would obviously depend on what the board looks like at that point because if no first-round offensive line talent is left available when Denver's on the board with that San Francisco pick, then odds are one of those top corners, one of those top receivers, one of those top um, edge rushers, one of those other positions of value uh, are, are probably there. So it very much depends. But I'm always I'm I'd always advocate for trading back. I, I'm very much in that mindset and personal belief that the more draft picks you have, the more darts you have to throw, the more hits you can have. And it's not just about finding those top tier starters, especially for the Broncos this year. You got to round out the depth as well. So trading back, adding those extra picks can help do that as well. So um, I like to remind everybody that says, you know, that when, when someone says this person's biased or this person isn't biased, everybody's biased. That's what makes up our personalities. And one of my biases, I was biased by the success of Jimmy Johnson rebuilding the Cowboys in the late 80s uh, and early 90s by trading back a lot. I'm biased by the fact of Bill Belichick doing that a ton. Uh, when I was ranking players for college college football prospects coming out of high school, it, it kind of annoyed some of the fans a little bit because I didn't think there was that big a difference between this guy and that guy. And, you know, it's like, oh, you're rewarding quality over quantity. I'm like, well, there's a balance in there at some point. So I'm, I'm with you. I like the idea of trading back because the guy at 27, how much different is he really than the guy at 40 and 41? If I could get those two guys to come in, I could probably have a better chance of hitting one of those successfully if I get two chances. Mm -hmm. Um now, there's, there's a few of those guys that you see, you're like, okay, I'm not trading this pick away for anything. Usually gone by three. So, um, again, what are you being offered to move down and who is available? That always comes into it. But Malcolm comes in. Uh, he said hello from, home, from uh, Homer, Alaska, fellow Alaskan. So, hello. Appreciate you coming in. He says, is the Ever-OD as safety-centric as the Fangio D? Now, Eric, I'm not as into schemes as you and Nick. My seat of the pants analytics tells me that it is more pass rush centric and more pressure centric than Fangio. It is um, with the defensive back usage of it. Fangio went more safety heavy. Evro is more corner heavy, which is one reason why one of my concerns coming into the season was I didn't really super care for the depth at the cornerback position. While I like the move to bring in Quan Williams and some of the other stuff they did, I still would have liked to see a little bit more because, I mean, not only were injuries such a concern at the position, but it's one that is you're going to rotate those corners a little bit, a little bit more than the safety. I mean, for the most part, Evro's two safeties, the two who start the game, unless they get hurt, are the two that finish the game. Mm -hmm. Very rarely do you see anybody. I think P.J. Locke has gotten like 14 snaps on defense total this season without stepping in for an injury. Caden Stearns, similar um, thing. All of his snaps on defense came because essentially because he was the starter to start the game and he was out there the whole game. 
So you're not really rotating them. You're not really playing that third safety, but you're playing your fourth, your fifth corner, not regularly, but a decent amount throughout the season. With so let, me, let me interrupt you here, Eric, real quick and see if I can, because I took this question a little bit different way was as far as the centric safety centric goes as Fangio, because I agree with you. When you look at the, the logs, the play logs, two safeties and an inside linebacker play every snap. You know, it's usually been Josie Jewell and or Alex Singleton. For me, this question means if I don't have superstars at safety, does my defense fail? You know, do I have to have a star at these positions or is it more important that I have a better pass rush because he's going to want to bring, he's going to want to bring pressure off the edge because the way the defense is set up to cover one another, the, the, the skill, the skill at the safety, the, the, the safety position isn't as focused on to clean up everybody else's messes. So in that aspect of it, I don't think that either defense was really, you know, safety centric in that regards. Fangio's defense was very much about four rushers. You beat your man in front of you. You get the job done. Evro is, I'm not afraid to go and throw more pass rushers after you because I know I have the corners. I know I have, I can trust my safeties. So he seems more willing to do that. I think it's just in that aspect of it, it's not, you know, the com comfort level with the safeties. It's just a philosophical standpoint difference of getting pressures after getting after the quarterback. One is four man, win your matchup, get after the quarterback. The other one is we're going to do what we can to get pressures. Whether we have to bring five or six guys, we're going to do it and we're going to get after the quarterback that way. We're going to manufacture those pressures. We're going to, you know, scheme it up. We're going to do whatever we can to get after the quarterback because we trust the other guys. I love that question, Malcolm, and I loved having Eric here because I knew his eyes would light up when I got to ask it, <laughs> ask it to him. He's like, "Oh boy, I love talking this stuff." Me, I'm, I'm more, I'm more player centric as far as evaluations go than schemes. So it's, it's a good combination we have here at at MHH. But Robot of Doom comes in on Twitch. He says, "Hey, don't forget your Twitch fan." And Kev says, "Fans, there's a few of us <laughs> out here. Yes, there are. I can see who where everybody's looking in, and we've actually got several folks watching on Twitch. So." Um, Appreciate y'all checking in for sure. Uh, and we'll grab a question here real quick where Savage Boy Kev comes in on Twitch and he says, Eric, what's your thoughts on Frank Ragnow? Do we throw a bag at him? Um, isn't he still under contract with the Lions? I don't know. I I was hoping you'd have a better answer. I thought he I thought he just signed like a four or five year extension last year in 2021. So I don't know if he's a free agent. I don't know if they they voided his deal or restructured it and had void he years or what. A four year, fifty four million dollar contract uh, in twenty twenty one. So he is unmovable, pretty much until well after twenty twenty four. His cap hit goes down where he's got a dead cap hit that's equal to or more than his his cap hit until twenty twenty five. So I'm with you on this one. I think he's getting paid, and he's 26 years old, and the Lions yeah. are playing really well. He ain't going anywhere. I mean, you know what I mean, really well. Yeah. They're a team on the ascendancy is what I mean, not like a – that's what I mean by that. Um, yeah. Phil McLaughlin comes in. He throws some stars at this when we were talking about rolling back ticket prices. He says, you're rolling back, laugh out loud. Now, the Atlanta Falcons, when Arthur Blank bought him in the 90s, it's been a while, um, he actually did – because they weren't selling out. Uh, they weren't selling out. This isn't a sellout problem. This is a 
I've got better things to do with my day, even though I already have a ticket problem that the Denver Broncos are having right now. But he actually did roll back the prices in the 90s. Like, I'd rather have that upper deck filled at $5 than empty at zero. I'm, I'm, I was no math major, but I can do that. So it does happen, but not while there's still a waiting list for season tickets, et cetera, et cetera. As long as the tickets are being sold, prices ain't coming down. So I'm just I'm just curious if you ca- if you are catching the joke Walmart rollback prices rolling back the ticket prices. No, I'm not. I, I was just, I was just making I was making that Walmart related joke with the ticket prices. Okay, yeah, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> that one went over my head. I'm not much of a retail shopper. This is this, this. It could be Neiman Marcus. It could be Walmart. That's not a shot at Walmart. That's a fact <laughs> of I don't go out much. <laughs> I, when I'm out, it's to go watch my kids play to practice and back. And I work out of the house and that's really about <laughs> it. We go pick up pizza. So I, uh, otherwise I'm here with y'all all the time. <laughs> that's why you see me so often for better, or for worse. Um, we're at 48 minutes here. We're getting kind of close to wrapping this thing up. So if you've got any last minute, uh, you know, burning questions, please get them in. Um, wanted to see if we had some, Something that got me interested. Uh, Mark Lindemus's Twitch still his thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially for people a lot younger than me. So, uh, and Jamie comes in. He says, I would love Frank Reich in Denver. He's got Moxie. So, of the retreads out there, if you're looking for somebody, he's a calming influence. He gives great press conference. I'll tell him that. And he's had a lot of success with a lot of different quarterbacks. That's for sure. Since Andrew Luck retired. Um, what would you think of Frank Reich coming in and, and taking over um, with the uh, with the Denver Broncos? I actually wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind. See, I doubt it would happen. I think he's a guy who's going to get a plenty of head coaching interest and land a head coaching job this year. But if Dan Quinn's the guy that George Payton wants, word has been going around that that's who George Payton wanted, and he was talked into Hackett, and so probably see him set his mind on Quinn again. I wouldn't mind seeing Reich try to be brought in as the offensive coordinator. I think that Frank Reich has the personality to essentially tell, you know, to not allow a somewhat of a power struggle happen mm-hmm. in the and behind the scenes for the Broncos with the offense. It'll be his offense. He's they're going to run his offense. And that's one thing that I do like about Frank Reich. Yeah. Were the, the issues the with, with him is, is the, uh, is he's going to have his legs cut out from under him by the ownership. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Jim, you say is owner and general manager and big meddler. That's a problem. You know, what's not a problem for me. Deanna Hendry is not a problem ever coming in hot, coming in red. She says, Merry Christmas, Scott and Eric. Hope you and your families have a wonderful holiday. And it was good connecting with you on Twitter as well. So uh, good to see you out there, and we can give you a shout-out for all of the wonderful things that you have done for this show and this community. Um, For us, for our families, don't think that this goes – we just take this for granted. We certainly don't. Uh, It is is a huge help for guys like us doing this and making it so that we can have fun doing these type of things. Otherwise, our wives would say, hey, you got to get a real job. So um, I certainly appreciate uh, you coming in like this. Um, And Deanna has been very vocal about, I want Nathaniel Hackett out. And uh, I think she's ready to help fund the buyout as well. So uh, you don't have to. We got got owners with uh, Bs for billionaires next to their (laughs) names. 
Uh, so that happens. But uh, I'm going to let Deanna close us out, uh, Eric, unless you've got any final thoughts. I guess we could get a prediction for you. What do you think? What are you expecting from this game? Uh, you know, in the Twitter version, the, the the short version here, and and then we'll get moving. Well, I think that Denver emotions are going to be running high in this one. Um, after the death of Ronnie Hillman, granted, there's not anybody on the team that uh, was on the team with him except for Brandon McManus. But I mean, a, a member of Broncos country died the other, died yesterday, mm-hmm. and so I think emotions are going to emotions are going to be high for this one. And I think that Denver, I think Denver finds a way to win this one, um, carrying that emotion. Not, I mean, a year after losing Demarius Thomas, essentially, like all this, all this emotion into it, riding high after after the win against the Arizona Cardinals. I think they'll come out. I think we'll see a lot of the same issues on offense. But I think the defense is going to be a, um, a big difference. And as Malcolm Malcolm Brown says, DT will be remembered as well. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Uh, I didn't get to see Ronnie play. DT was someone uh, I got to watch in high school. Uh, I, I think he was out of West Lawrence. And, you know, from here in, in Georgia, a lot of folks come out of Georgia. It's a big football area. So, you know, again, um, it's tough. It's tough for his family this time of the year. Uh, I, from a, from a football standpoint, this game's kind of a pick them to me. It's I, I've said, trying to pick Broncos games. Sometimes I feel like I'm the princess bride, you know, clearly I can't choose the cup in front of you. Uh, and clearly I can't choose the cup in front of me. And if you haven't seen it, you don't know what I'm talking about, but basically you don't have a good choice. And for me, the, the Rams are better than the Cardinals. And while overall, some of them may have packed it in Baker Mayfield hasn't. You know, and whatever you think of Baker Mayfield, he's going to be better than Colt McCoy. He's going to be better than Trace McSorley. And he's got more weapons than either one of those two, at least that care about playing. So I think that he is playing for basically every game is a Super Bowl right now. So you're going to get a much better fight at home um, in L.A. than you got against the Cardinals. So we will see. Are the Broncos on vacation? You know, Christmas in L.A. is not a bad place to be. Speaking of 70 degrees and sunny, uh, it's not a bad place to be. We will find out. Uh, I'd like to say fairly quickly, but I've seen this team, Eric, start off slow and then play better in the second half. They they certainly did that this weekend. So on that note, to all of our super chat superstars, to so those of y'all who came on on Facebook and everybody participating in the, in the chat, uh, thank you for being here on a Friday night. We certainly hope that you guys have a happy holiday season. And we will see you again on the gut reaction on Sunday. Or if you want to talk with me, I plan on hopping on and talking Falcons gut reaction around 4.30 tomorrow after Eastern time after that game is over. We're going to give that a shot, see how it goes. So, Eric, any last words? Yeah, I just want to say with the holidays, make sure you guys reach out to your family and everything and, you know, friends. And, you know, let, let them know you're thinking about them and everything like that. I mean, this is always a tough time of year for a lot of people that are struggling with their mental health or just you know being far away from family um christmas has actually turned into a tough time of year for me um my grandmother she died on christmas day a couple few years ago and so just always let your loved ones know that you love them and talk to them you know give them a heads up and let them know you care and friends as well i hope everybody enjoys the holidays well said my friend on that note We will see you. If you want to stop by, we'll be here probably on Christmas Day doing a gut reaction. I can't believe we wouldn't be. Uh, Zach and Chad might be me and Jack, might be me and Chad. It'll be somebody. We'll be here for you. And uh, we're glad that you are here for us. 
So uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Have a good night, Broncos country. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.